and happy Sunday. Welcome back to Kiki and Conversations podcast with Kita. And as always, I am your grand host of the day, Kita. <laughs> so um, thank you for coming to listen to episode two of the podcast. I'm so glad that you guys are tuning in on y'all beautiful Sunday. Y'all could be anywhere else on this planet doing anything else, but you're taking the time out of your precious day to listen to me. And guess what? I appreciate it. I really do. So before we get started, let's go ahead and and do some announcements so that everybody can be caught up and up to speed, okay? So if you don't know, right? If you don't know, and if you're new here, hi. But let me go ahead and tell you, you can follow me on IG at Kiki underscore conversations with an S at the end podcast on IG and the Twitter. If you don't know, because you haven't listened to the first episode, shame on you, by the way. Hmm. Um, I announced that I do have a Twitter page that's out there. And um, yeah, you can connect with me. Um, we can chit chat. We can share some stuff. And, you know, y'all can send me some things that we ain't supposed to be looking at in the daytime. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Clue me in, okay, good people? But that's where you can find me when you're not catching up on the latest episode, okay? Cool. Also, it was announced on the first episode as well that the show is moving to Sunday, Sunday, Sundays. That's when the new episodes are dropping at midnight. So if you haven't turned on the notifications on your cellular device, please do so at this time so that you can be up to date on what's going on with the with the conversation, okay? So I'll be looking forward to seeing y'all every Sunday now at midnight or whenever you choose to listen to me on Sunday, okay? Okay. So let's go ahead. Y'all know we got to get right on into it. Let's get into the affirmation of the day, shall we? And it's quite simple, okay? And very self-explanatory, but it is, I will respect my peace. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Had to drink a little tea on that one. That's right. I will respect my peace. And... I feel like, especially for myself, okay, and maybe some of y'all feel the same way, so clue me in if you do, but we spend a lot of time focusing on getting the peace to other people and making sure other people's peace and well-being is okay, that we neglect ourselves, and we got to stop doing that. You do have to carve out time for your day, and I know it sounds crazy, But it's real. You do have to carve out time so that you can have your moment of peace, whatever you do to get your peace. Um, I know for myself, um, at a particular time, on a particular day, I don't want to get too, too much just in case people are listening. They're like, oh, okay. So I know not to call this time because you got your thing going on. But I do put on my personal do not disturb um, through my phone so that for at least just two hours, just two hours I can do what I need to do which is typically self-care love you know the maintenance you know 
uh, doing a mask, starting out with my yoga, um, doing some breakfast, some tea, something to get me refocused and recharge for the rest of the week. So just take time out of yourself to respect your own peace, okay? Your own peace. Don't worry about nobody else's. Respect your time and your peace, okay? All right, cool. Now that we got that out the way, let's get into the topic. So before we we get there, just wanna say happy Black History Month, right? Right? Or BHM, because now there's an acronym for every freaking thing. So here we are. But um, it's Black History Month in 2022. How are we feeling about it? We feeling good? Are we ready for the, the docu-series, the did you know, the unknown black facts, the unspoken heroes of Black History Month? Are we ready for that this year? Okay. Well, if you don't know and if you're new here, right, if you've never heard of Black History Month, I'm going to give you a brief little history, just a brief history, okay? So, um, Black History Month is celebrated once a year in the month of February to celebrate the achievements of African African Americans. Um, This month was discovered by Carter G. Woodson and others. I don't know if anybody knew that there was an others that helped Carter G. Woodson, but there are others. I couldn't find the names of those quote unquote others, but somebody else helped him come up with this concept. So let's just put that out there. Um, Black History Month started as just Negroes Week. And I might be saying it wrong, but it just started out as just one week. And then it was elevated to a whole month of us celebrating the achievements of black people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, there's your brief synopsis. And with Black History Month, you know, right here, right now, it makes me wonder... If we're going to be teaching Black History Month, right, how how do we expect to teach CRT? Mm-hmm. And um, I know what you're probably thinking. What is CRT? We've probably seen it in the news. We've probably seen these parents, these conservatives, these Republicans. We've probably seen them go ham about CRT. And... I was just like, why are the people so angry about this theory being taught in school? Like, what is, first of all, if you're like me, what is CRT, right? Like, what is this? And I hate that they use the acronym just so freely now. Like, baby, tell me what you're talking about, because I don't know. And we're going to get there in a second, so hold on. But the people are upset. Like, the people are upset about this theory that could potentially be taught in public schools they're not here for it they're not having it they don't want it around okay so i had to go and do my due diligence and do a little research to figure out what the hell is the people upset about and so here's what i found about the critical race theory all right which is what crt stands for critical race theory all right but it's basically the core idea is that race is a social construct and that racism is not just individual racism or prejudice, 
but also it's embedded in the legal systems and policies. Um, for example, the criminal justice system, the education system, the labor market. Basically, we're saying that racism and, and prejudiceness, it, it's, it's in there too. It's in those areas as well, right? And I was just like, oh, okay, okay. But I still couldn't grasp, okay, so why do people still getting upset about it, right? You know? And still doing a little research with um, the critical race theory, I discovered that this theory is nothing new. <laughs> this is this teaching that has everybody so upset and has everybody's panties in a bunch has actually been around for 40 years. Catch that T. Mm-hmm. Which means that this construct was around when I was in school. It was around when people maybe five or 10 years older than me, it was possibly around then, right? So I'm really confused as to why there's a hoopla now, okay? All right, because how I interpret what the critical race theory is, is basically talking about stuff that we've been we've been talking about in, in a sense. I, I'm pretty sure the theory has grown you know, because I've been out of school for ooh, a couple of years now. Um, I've been out of college for at least over 10 years. So that can just tell you how long I've been out of a high school, right? But I remember us talking about these issues, right? I remember us talking about racism, of course, you know, slavery, Jim Crow, um, segregation. I remember us talking about that. Um, and then... Let me pause right there. We definitely had conversations and I'm going to keep it funky with you. Um, I had the pleasure of being educated by my people. Okay. And when I say that black people, um, I, I've had some white teachers. I'm not going to say I haven't, but I've had some white teachers, but I've had some great educators that were black and some stuff. No, was not coming from a book. Um, I feel like when it comes to public education, especially back when I was in school, we're talking about uh, 90s and I graduated high school in 2005, right? There was only so much that we did get from a book when it came to talking about the achievements and the accomplishments, not, not just racism with blacks, but, you know, what was going on in in black history. We We only got so much. But you were lucky enough if you had a teacher or professor that went the extra mile and not just taught you about who I consider safe in black history and unpopular opinion or not. But, you know, the safe people, Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, Harriet Tugman, who else? Jesse Jackson, you know, they'll push push that. But I... I didn't understand until I got older. Like we talked about Malcolm X. We kind of scratched the surface a little bit with Malcolm, but we didn't get down and dirty and in depth with Malcolm like we did. Well, technically we didn't really get down and dirty with Dr. Martin Luther King either um, because his past indiscretions and flaws, you know, they started popping up way after I got out of school about how he had dealings with, um, white women and how he may have allegedly 
you know, cheated on, on Miss Coretta, you know, things of that nature. But I felt like back when I was in school, that was a safe space. You know, we gonna talk about Dr. King and give him a whole day and have whole programs and convocations. And there's nothing wrong because he did achieve a lot. I'm not taking that away from him. But there was more to our black history than just Dr. Martin Luther King. You see what I'm saying? There was others outside of Harriet Tubman and Jesse Jackson's and some people considered Reverend Hour Sharpton a part of that too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't have nothing against Reverend Hour Sharpton, but he he pop up at some real convenient times. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But we we had some teachings, you know. We we definitely had critical race theory again i'm pretty sure it has definitely evolved um but i still don't get it i still don't get it why the people are mad and some theories that i've heard right when it comes to the conservatives and the republicans i kid you not because i went down a rabbit hole about this crt and basically conservatives are just not happy with it because they feel they really believe that this theory is going to teach the kids on how to hate America and how to hate white people. (laughs) I find that funny only because y'all did the the whole opposite to to other people of color y'all did that to black people y'all do that to the hispanic people y'all did that to the asian people where y'all made a country just not like a whole population right a whole race of folk because y'all felt superior y'all did that y'all did that and now when y'all quote-unquote realize the crt is a thing Now y'all want to legally, because it's already been in place. Let's keep it funky. Let's keep it real. Y'all want to legally put a ban on education. Like, this is some wild shit to me. This is some wild shit. I don't know if it's wild to y'all, but it's wild to me. And it's going to be interesting how y'all going to have Black History Month plus the battle of CRT. I wonder how we going to work that out. Okay? But also, what I've really been thinking when it comes to critical race theory. I really think people are more so just upset with the name change. I really think that's what the problem is. We, we, we're gonna have to do semantics with people to just put it away. Because again, critical race theory has been here for 40 something years, right? Okay. Critical race theory, well, taught for 30 some, 40 something years, right? But it's been around since America was born, okay? But I think it's the name. If we don't say CRT or critical race theory, I don't believe that conservatives or anybody else will have a problem with it. We just need to go back to the original name we call that particular um, subject in school. We just need to go back to the regular name. Stop trying to change names because it makes people upset. Go back to what we called it when I was in school. And just teach American history. Save all the hassle right there. I mean, this is literally American history. Okay? I had classes when I was in school that was called American history. 
where in American history, yeah, we talked about the wars and the battles and all that stuff. But again, our wars and battles, they are laced with what is supposedly in this theory. Okay. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, make it make sense, people. So, American history, we learned about, like I said, wars, battles, and enslavement, and civil war, and this, and this, and that. Weren't some of our wars laced with some racism? Hmm? If not all of them? Okay. Um, we battled over land um, that didn't belong to none of you folks that came over here. Okay. We, we, we're battling over the legal system. Was not some of that shit in American history? So what are we doing right now? What are we really doing? What are we talking about? And I feel like a lot of this, and I'm not saying this, it's not a big deal to me because I just think it's asinine. I just feel like, like I said, scrap the name and just put back on their American history. I bet you everybody will shut the hell up. I bet you everybody would just shut up about it. Cause it's just the name we yeah we've been teaching about this okay we've been learning about this stuff I, you're in a huffy is it because you're getting ready to run for a particular state it's because you're about to you know get into the political realm and you need something that you stand 10 toes down in right you need something so you're gonna pick this one thing of all the things to talk about in the world this is what y'all focusing on and let's keep it funky and let's keep it real. They're actually passing laws, okay, to not teach CRT in certain states. Some states where they have restrictions, it's not allegedly banned fully. There's restriction, restrictions on the education, and I'm not really sure what the restrictions are right now. Um, hopefully, we can figure that out at a later time. But I am not surprised by some of the states that that restricted some of the teachings. Like, of course, Georgia's in there. <sighs> Go figure. You know, Alabama, of course, Louisiana, and Tu. I was going to say Tuskegee, <laughs> Tennessee. They've all have some type of restriction when it comes to the teachings of of tr of C CRT. They haven't really gotten into depth. Oh, I haven't found what those restrictions are just yet. But we'll circle back at a later later episode. However, I was surprised by some of the states that have completely banned the critical race theory, okay? Wait, is it called critical race? Yeah, okay. I thought I was making something up. So, Idaho, Iowa, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Tennessee, and I'm not a bit surprised by this last one. Florida, they've all just have completely banned the teachings of critical race theory. Like you can't speak about it. And I'm really wondering how is this going to be enforced? How are you going to stop a teacher from teaching their lesson? Like what type of fines and consequences are there going to be? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to know, <laughs> how are you going to do this? Like, is is a student going to be snitching in, in class now? Like, y'all start talking about 
American history, because that's what I'm referred refer to the CRT as, American history. And somebody, one of the students records it and tells, and that you, you get in trouble for teaching about American history. Is that what's going to happen? Like, I got questions that I don't think they even had answers to, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, those states have banned it, and I'm just kind of like, Iowa, what the hell? Idaho, what the hell? What's your issue with it? Like, I didn't know y'all were problematic states. I didn't know y'all had issues like how we do down south and whatnot. Well, there are issues everywhere. Let's be clear. It's not just down south. But I think there's me personally because this is where I live, okay? So don't come down here jumping in my throat about it. I feel like there's still a lot of visible, of course, prejudice, racism still in the south. Um, You know... Let's, let's keep it funky. A Marbury, a Marbury Graham. Okay. I don't know if we would have got a conviction if it hadn't been such a profile case. That's just my opinion, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested in how this is going to play out. And I'm interested as, I'm not even interested anymore as to why this is a thing because it's stupid. It's a stupid thing. If you're cutting out the teachings of critical race theory, right? What exactly are you going to be teaching the students? As hard as we don't want to admit that racism, social injustice, systematic racism, as hard as we would like to say that is not part of our culture, because this is not a brag that this is part of our history and our heritage. It's, it's really not. It's there though. So explain to me how teachers are supposed to educate about certain situations that took place in history if we are purposely going to admit certain facts about it, if it happens to involve race, discrimination, you know, all of the things like how, like how are you gonna tell a story without all of the facts? Which leads me to believe that like y'all always been doing, y'all just gonna make some shit up. Because are y'all not gonna have history taught in school anymore? Like, help me understand. If somebody else out there has figured out, you know, what the people gonna do about this whole theory, let me know. Let's chat about it. You know, like I said, y'all can tweet me. Y'all know where to find me. Just let me know. Cause I got questions, okay? <clears throat> So moving right on along from that foolala, let's get into some um, other foolala. Okay, they arrested my friend Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> we gonna start a little light. We gonna start off with a little tip tip. Tiffany Haddish was arrested maybe two weeks ago at this point uh, for for allegedly falling asleep behind the wheel after she may have had. Um, her flowers, hint, hint, wink, wink. Okay, um, someone got a little alarmed because she was asleep and they did the appropriate thing and alerted the authorities. Okay, and so of course, she got taken to jail, had a mug shot, and she got right on out. And this took place in Atlanta, by the way. Hey, girl, Tiffany Haddish is like one of those people that I know in my head. Okay, mm. but. It was the mug shot for me. <laughs> it was the mug shot for me. 
Tiffany took that picture and you know she was feeling good if you've seen Tiffany's mugshot Tiffany looked like she felt good in that picture you know she looked like I'm gonna get out in like two hours don't worry Georgia I'm gonna be all right she looked like oh I made good money now so this is nothing this won't even be a charge on my record I got a good lawyer that's how that's how Tiffany looked in the picture like I ain't worried you know like okay I will sleep allegedly what y'all gonna do exactly y'all gonna let me up out this guy because my lawyer's about to come and get me you ain't even got to worry about putting handcuffs on me I'm gonna just sit here and I'm gonna make y'all laugh she was probably in there telling all type of jokes making them laugh you know just doing what it is that Tiffany Haddish does okay whatever she had can you hook me up with your plug? Because <laughs> you look like you was rested. You look relaxed, Tiffany, okay? And I'm trying to be on your level, but allegedly not behind the driver's seat. I like to be in the confines of my own whereabouts when that's taking place. So, you know, just drop me a line, girl. Send me your plug info. I'm not going to tell nobody. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I know y'all have heard about this incident with Pastor Mike Todd of the Transformation Church. If you haven't heard, let me go ahead and give you a little backstory, okay? So, like I said, Pastor Mike Todd of Transformation Church, right? There was a clip, maybe 30, 50 second clip, that was going around on social media of him spitting into his hand follow me and this is hard for me to talk about okay because personally I think spit is disgusting even my own spit I don't I don't care for spit at all it's everything about it just it's just gross to me it's just really gross to me when it comes to spit I can't help it that's just the way I think so when this clip came out, it took me a couple days to even get myself up to look at it because it spit. All right. So the clip came out of him spinning into his hand, taking said spit and rubbing it all over one of um, the church members faces. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? So I was looking at the shade room and pastor mike todd actually came out and he released apology okay he released an apology and one of the first things that came out of this man's mouth was hi i'm i'm pastor mike todd yada 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 and we're gonna talk about the infamous when the spit hit the van video when the spit hit the fan and i was just like oh oh Oh, 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 oh. oh sir I don't know if this is how you want to start this off but okay and he was just like you know I probably made the wrong decision it was probably not a good idea to do it uh use actual spit um and I thought that I was doing the right thing at the time I did have this person's consent to do it but I, I encourage people mm-hmm, this this is what we get down to I encourage people to go and take a look at the actual full video before we pass judgment 
and before y'all give y'all y'all final say about what was happening. And I said to myself, okay, Pastor Mike Todd, you're actually, you're actually right. Let me go see what you were talking about, right? So of course, if you go on YouTube and you type in Pastor Mike, you probably can't even finish typing out this man's name before they give you the recommendation for the alleged two-hour sermon, okay? That sermon was two hours long. I did not watch the whole two hours. I watched about a good 54 minutes of it, and even... Even that was too much. So he started out really well. And he was talking about vision. Okay. Seeing the vision, not being able to see it clearly and giving different examples of how sometimes we have a vision, but it may not be clear at first and people lose sight when they can't see it clearly. They just see one, one part of it. He used so many different examples that I was rocking with. Okay. Like he had a, um, like a glass, uh, wall or board, I guess you could say. And it was foggy and he wanted to demonstrate how your vision can be foggy. But once the Lord gives you your sign, it becomes clear. Great example, different, just great. The spit comes up. Here's what we don't see in that clip that's on social media, that little bitty 30 second to 50 second clip. <clears throat> so before we even he even get started, he has Brent, which is a member of the church, come on to stage. And he says out his own mouth that Brent is his blood brother, his actual brother. Not a spiritual brother, not his brother in Christ, but his family. OK. All right, cool. And he's talking about the vision and how it's cloudy and then how he gets to the spit is there's a verse in the Bible. I want to say in the chapter of Mark, don't quote me on it because I am not the best uh, person for scriptures. That's just not my thing. Okay. But um, I, I want to say it was a chapter in Mike where they're speaking, not Mike, Mark. They're speaking about how Jesus used his spit not to, and he spit on people, but not in a derogatory way, but because Jesus' spit was like some healing type of situation okay all right so that's where we are we don't see in the clip where pastor todd is actually hawking up spit he's doing the <clears throat> he's doing that that's where you got me jacked up is this wasn't just spit just oh i got a juicy mouth this was I'm clearing my sinuses. Hold on, brother Brent. I got you. <clears throat> That's what he was doing. Okay. He did that three times. He pulled this, this spit from deep down with inside of his mucous membrane. Three times. Spit in his hand three times. The whole time he's doing this, the congregation is like, oh, <coughs> oh excuse me. <clears throat> They're making my voice crack. Because they are shocked that he's hawking up a loogie on the stage. So after he gathers enough of his spit, he definitely takes the spit and rubs it all over Brent's face. Yes, he did. 
as he's still preaching the word, baby, the congregation was on 10, okay? I, somebody was like, ew, you know, the mic picked that up. The mic picked up that person being disgusted. I would have been disgusted too, okay? And he's just, he's just smearing it in there. He's just smearing it all up in there. Um... I understand demonstrations and examples and we we want to do something to grab the people's attention but these churches and the gimmicks that they're doing at this point you guys are doing a lot okay <laughs> um he's not the only one pastor todd is not the only person out here with the congregation and the following that's doing the most you know, he's the one that has the most attention right now. There is no way. Okay. For me, before pan, before the pandemic, after the pandemic, during the pandemic, where you're going to rub your spit on my body, let alone my face. Have you lost your mind? Have you lost? You, you clearly have lost your mind. We are in a whole panini pressed, okay? We're we're in this guy. And I saw something the other day that was like, so yeah, when we get ready for 23, you know, we'll still be dealing with COVID. Stop saying that. Shit, okay? So we're in this guy. This this disease has changed its, its mind and its course several times. And you're out here spitting on motherfuckers like uh i was trying not to cuss but damn it that needs a cuss word you out here spitting on motherfuckers and they letting you they letting you i don't care if that was your mother i don't give a damn who it was bro you not rubbing your nasty ass spit on my face you, you're just not doing it you're not finna disrespect me here's the other part that nobody saw is because again that clip was only about 30 50 seconds right Brent sat there on stage with this man's loogie spit dripping from his cheek, from his nostrils. He sat there for a good 10, 15 minutes. Catch that T. He's just sitting there while this man giving his sermon, while he's in a way chastising the crowd because you know people are just like oh you know they still just like this man got spit on his face and he was like yeah some of y'all feeling some type of way about the spit on his face but see that's what people do when god gives someone a vision a vision and did it like he's turning it into something else and it's like bro you can sit here and, and smack it flip it rub it down all you want okay <laughs> it spit on his face and I don't know what happened after that. Like I said, I I watched it for a little bit because I was just flabbergasted that Brink was just standing on stage with this shit on his face. Um, after a while, I was just like, all right, I, I got the gist of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but let's not do that anymore. And I feel like maybe that was, like I said, the gimmick was to get people to see what's going on with the Transformation Church. Let's, let's get the people here. We're going to figure out a way to bring in some more traffic um, through our YouTube and get the word out. Baby, that ain't it. That ain't it, okay? Um, he He's really charismatic. Um, he's definitely 
one of the pastors for the younger generation. You know what I'm saying? He's not like an old school dude. Pastor Todd looks pretty, pretty young. I'll put him in his 30s, if not maybe 40s, somewhere in there. He's a nice looking gentleman, you know. But you got to find something else to reach the people because rubbing spit on somebody's face. And I don't care if you think you have COVID or not. That's that's nasty, sir. That's real nasty. And I don't care who you tell, okay? I don't care how many apology videos. That's gross as fuck. Let's not do that again, okay? Okay. So, because <clears throat> y'all know I got notes. Let's move on to the last segment, the last celebrity, I guess, we're going to talk about. Um, We got to call this Portia Williams on down to the corporate. <laughs> come on. Come on, Porsche. Come on here, girl. If you didn't know, Portia had a spinoff on Bravo called Portia's Family Matters, which they, which Bravo kind of tied to the Real Housewives. I guess because she was a uh, cast member of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So they tied it into like the Real Housewives of Atlanta presents Portia's Family Matters. So she had a show briefly maybe six to eight episodes I want to say it wasn't very long at all because this was the first season hopefully the last um we were rooting for you we were all rooting for you we wanted to see great things um it looked like she was having such an amazing glow up like okay she's gonna branch off and do her own thing not like she wasn't doing her own thing outside of the housewives because when i really thought about it portia was getting to the bag she was doing the things to get her moving away from real housewives of atlanta because we all know real housewives of atlanta is just you can you can go ahead and close that door of the franchise we can go ahead and close the atlanta okay we're not interested anymore so we, we we was like, okay, Portia's going to get out and do her own thing. That's cool. I gave the show a chance. I really did. Because one, I wanted to know what was happening with you and the Simon and all of this. I knew it was going to be addressed on this show somehow, some way. Um, to give you the benefit of the doubt, really, that you're not a homewrecker. You know, that you're not out here stealing people's husbands and, and being shady and doing all the things. Because I just knew I just knew the people were a lot. And I don't think this show gave what we thought it was going to give. It didn't give what we thought it was going to give. I thought it was going to be like a redemption for her, for her to really sit down and explain what really took place between her, Simon, Dennis, and Fallon, right? We thought we were going to get some answers. Um, Some of us left more confused. Some of us left like, okay, well, girl... He was still technically married. <laughs> At the end of the day, no matter how you try to slice this bread, it still said married until it got finalized, okay? Um, weren't you and Dennis talking? <laughs> like, it's so many things. What I gathered from the show is Portia's a little controlling. Um, she does have a lot of yes men about her, around her. And... She doesn't have that power and control button like she thinks she does. And it definitely showed in the show because 
she was in one book. She was probably in the, the Portia Williams book, The Pursuit of Portia. She was in that book. Everybody else was in a totally different book. They were not reading the same thing, honey, okay? And I feel like if you're going to get into these realms of, you know, having reality shows and telling people about your life, and we got to be careful about exposing everything, okay? Because you expose yourself and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. Because they would ask Portia, for example, oh, how long have you and, and Simon been together? How long were you dating before you got engaged? Portia has her answer together. Oh, we were dating for a month before we made it final, official. And you ask the sisters, the cousins, you know, in the confessional, how long was Portia dating Simon? Oh, they was dating for about two weeks. They were dating about a week. You know, we get different responses, but responses, but this month, which is in my opinion, still a little too short to be getting engaged to somebody, but whatever. You know, it's the timeline ain't end up. Even when um her sister Lauren sat down with Dennis and Dennis was just like, Hey, how long has you been dating this dude? And they're engaged already. Like, what's up with that? And Lauren was like, I think like a week, a week or two. I think I think like a week or two. Yeah, it wasn't very long. It wasn't very long at all. And Dennis is like, wow, you know. <laughs> I will say with Dennis. I find him to be quite funny. <laughs> I'm not saying he doesn't have trash behavior. I'm not saying that at all. But that guy, Dennis, that guy, Dennis, is a little funny. He He's funny to me. Um, Yeah, he he's probably the saving grace of the show. And Aunt Liz, I, I did have a thing. At first, I was kind of confused with Aunt Liz. But towards the end, I was like, okay, I, I, I rocks with Aunt Liz because she's the only one making sense on this damn show got it but they went to Mexico to allow Lauren to do a spiritual retreat because let's be clear the whole premise of the show is Portia bringing her blended family together after the breakup with her and Dennis for like a second time like her and Dennis were engaged twice and they're not engaged anymore she's engaged to Simon Simon was technically married to somebody else a friend of the show uh, on Real Housewives, she came in as Portia. His wife, Fallon, came in as Portia's friend of the show. Um, and then Portia was like, I don't know her. We are not friends. Um, I was just bringing her through because basically Bravo was testing Fallon out to see if she would be an eventual good fit, right? Clearly, that ain't work out. Okay. <clears throat> so Portia's show was supposed to show us how, yeah, they may have their trials and tribulations, but co-parenting and blended families do exist. Because let's not forget, Simon has his own own kids from previous marriages. Um, if him and Portia make it down the aisle, that would be his fourth marriage and Portia's second. Okay? Nothing wrong with it. Hey, you gonna, people gonna get married until they figure it out. And that's your prerogative to do so, Okay. Um, the whole time though, they're saying Portia's like, I want to try this blended family. I want to do this blended family for my baby Pilar. PJ deserves this. PJ, 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 PJ. Y'all want to know how many times we saw PJ? I want to say maybe two episodes is what I recall. I've only seen 
PJ, which is Portia and Dennis's child that she'll share together. I've only seen her on like two episodes. Could be editing, you know, could be the way that Bravo set it up. And it could be, you know, Portia doesn't want her child to expose her and Dennis. They like, hey, we don't want her to be around the cameras all the time, you know. But I only remember seeing that child like twice. And that was literally maybe the first or second episode. They had some type of dinner together. And PJ came through with Dennis and she was there for like a little hot second. And the very last episode, after the whole trip to Mexico and things blew up there, um, we saw it again. We saw her again because she had a surgery. But again, they were screaming the whole time, everything's for PJ. Oh my God. Baby, where the baby at? Where is she? Shouldn't she be here since she's the focal point? Of this whole situation no it's that's not it so it just it just <laughs> that show I don't know what it was supposed to give but it didn't it doesn't look very good at all like not at all and I don't really believe they resolved any damn thing on that show okay um what else I lost, I have lost a lot of respect for Portia because it was just a lot. The whole, let me control the narrative. Let me get everybody on my team and the disrespect, especially towards, I'm not saying Mama Gina didn't have her faults too. She did. Everybody had their own shit. You know what I'm saying? But it's just a lot. I'm not, I'm not going to disrespect somebody's mother because I would be infuriated if somebody disrespected my mom. You know what I'm saying? And there was a episode when they were in Mexico having a dinner and Dennis and his mother were getting up to leave. And I know the camera's a little shaky, the editing's a little shaky, but from what the people said and what I could see, it definitely appeared that uh, one of those people from Portia's side, Portia's included in this, or Storm, but somebody took a swing at that man's mother, Mama Gina. She almost got hit, which is why De- Dennis stood in the middle of the fight and was like, hey, y'all, y'all, y'all not going to be hitting on my mama. That's not that's not what we're going to do. Like, we can talk, we, gonna, we can disagree, but y'all not going to put hands on my mama. Y'all not going to do that. And rightfully so. You're not going to put your hands on my mother. That's just on, like, if somebody hit Miss Diane, best believe Portia's fighting. Because we've seen her fight for less. So best believe if somebody comes at Miss Diane incorrect, we're going we gonna to see some, we're going to see some hands on, on site. Um, it's just a lack of respect. And, you know, and they were all doing the most on social media, especially the younger cousin Storm, um, calling Dennis a whole pedophile. It's a lot of things that we can say and, and joke and joke about, you know, but there are some things that you can't take back once you put out there in the world. And that's calling somebody else a pedophile, especially if you're using it in the wrong context, because I don't think Storm knows what a pedophile is. Um, she's claiming that Dennis tried to hit on her while she was working at his establishment back when she was 18 or 19 years old. And she said he's a pedophile. And I was just like, uh, no, you, if you're saying that he harassed you and things of that nature, 
maybe sexual harassment is the term that you're looking for, but not pedophile. Pedophile applies to somebody who sexually abuses children. At 18 and 19, you're not a child anymore. What? The fact that the people got to explain that to your ass in on social media, oh my gosh. But anyway, there's been a lot of mudslinging and things that have been said, and it's just not a good look. But I feel like Bravo is definitely going to attempt a second season because, like I stated, it ain't looking too good for the Real Housewives of Atlanta franchise anyway. Um, yeah, but because there's still a lot of unanswered questions. And I feel like if they, they bring it back a second season, somebody has to be getting married. Like, the wedding plans need to be in full force. Or she's going to have to have Simon's baby to make it to make that show be more interesting than what it was this season and speaking of bravo this is why another reason why i say they're (laughs) they're trying to figure it out we do not need another candy burris spinoff we don't we don't need it stop trying to force this lady down our throats i have nothing against candy personally i think she is a savvy businesswoman a smart businesswoman and you know she's she's good at what she does okay which is collecting fucking checks bravo we've seen it we've seen her as a housewife we've seen her plan a wedding and get married we've seen her do some type of special where where her family and his family are doing a vacation together we've seen it now y'all want to do another show where this lady is running OLG? Like they're having a whole show based around the OLG restaurants. Why? <laughs> why? Why, why, why? Bravo needs some new material for Atlanta. It's so clear and it's so evident. And again, I don't have anything against Candy. That's just one show I'm not watching. I'm not watching it. I've seen Candy, all aspects of Candy's life. I'm good. I get it. Okay. Robo, please find something else to record. Okay. Do this for the people. Whew. What child? I'm done. I'm off my little soapbox for today. Um, I always, always appreciate you guys kicking it with me and stopping by and keep in with me you know i appreciate it and you know one thing i'm gonna ask y'all to do i'm gonna just ask y'all to keep living because that's what we do around here thanks so much for y'all's time i appreciate y'all enjoy the rest of y'all week bye